to the Beyond 24 Days podcast with your host, Brooke and Ken. Beyond 24 Days is focused on healthier living by promoting whole and natural foods while supporting your local, responsible producers. You can follow us on social media at Beyond 24 Days, where we share our food ideas and recipes. And now your hosts, Brooke and Ken. Welcome to episode number six of the Beyond 24 Days podcast. I'd like to kick things off by starting this week by wishing our daughter a happy 10th birthday. Happy birthday. So with keeping the holiday spirit in mind, as you can tell, it's been a pretty busy week in our household. And as the holiday season continues, we're faced daily with challenges. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about was setting goals. When you're out Christmas shopping, there's a lot of temptation with sweets. And I know we've been there coffee and and treats well not and just not properly planning your day out you have good intentions of only being gone from the house for about an hour thinking you might get back for lunch and next thing you know you've spent three hundred dollars at a store and it's time for lunch and I know as well as um, the workplace I know my office becomes inundated with sweets and we try to maintain our lifestyle by keeping some of these um, urges in check. Um, I know that every time I see those plate of cookies or assorted treats, I'm often compelled to, you know, just have a few because, you know, oh, it's the holidays. So where we're going with all this is the importance of setting goals to help you get back on track and to stay the course. There's nothing more disheartening than working really hard to achieve especially a weight loss goal, only to find that your overindulging has sort of reversed the hard work that you put into it. We wanted to talk a little bit about goals. I know we left off with the last podcast. We briefly touched upon the importance of setting goals, talked about visualization and how to visualize your goals, and even going as far as talking about visualizing how you wanted your days to go. So without micromanaging it too much, I wanted to talk personally about how I maintain my goals. And one of the things that I like to do, especially when it comes to office treats, so it's the holidays, you're going to be tempted to partake in a lot of the sweets and the treats. I know how my office gets. We get trays full of cookies and all kinds of stuff. So keeping my goals in focus, the very first thing that I like to do is to go with my gut feeling. And what I mean is I know that when I overindulge in sweets, I tend to get sick because of the rush of sugar and all the processed ingredients that are inside of baked goods in general. So what I try to do is I try to visualize myself ahead of time. You know, how are these going to make me feel? I'll have one or two, but then I know me. I'll go back. I have no moderation. I'll just keep going back to that plate. So I just try to think, how's this going to make me feel in the future? This then segues into the second way I keep on track. With keeping the future in mind, I think about my future goals and how this might impact me. Yeah, one or two cookies here and there aren't a big deal. But like I said, when I spiral out of control and I'm having cookie after cookie and it's all day continuously grazing on these treats, how's it going to overpack my future goals? Future goals being races or maybe a weight loss goal that I'm trying to achieve. And I think about how I'm going to feel when I don't achieve that goal. If I don't achieve that goal and I've put in a lot of hard work and I can look back and hold myself accountable and I know that I made the right choices, I tend to be a little bit easier on myself. 
but I know if I made poor choices and I overindulged, I'm a lot harder on myself and I feel a lot more guilty about not reaching that final goal. So keeping my future goals in mind is always great. And finally, the last way to stay on track, a real simple thing, is to pack my own treats. I know that when we go Christmas shopping, there's the temptation. You're out, you're busy, you're driving around, you see the coffee shops, the pastries, you're tempted to stop and grab, you know, just a real quick treat. And we try to curb this by, one, packing our own treats, and two, if we do stop, maybe we only get a small drink, or maybe we just grab water, trying to overindulge too much. And that is a last case scenario because usually when we're going out, if we take a day trip or we know we're going to be out of the house for a little bit, I try and take stuff with us in the car, not just for Ken and I, but also for our kids. Um, Some of the things that we like to keep in our car as quick snacks, we've mentioned before, we are huge fans of Lara Bars. They come in so many different flavors that you just can't get sick of them. Uh, We also like Kind Bars. They're a good snack bar. Sometimes we will have different kinds of nuts, almonds or cashews. Um, Planners makes a really good heart-healthy prepackaged nut that has pistachios. That's pretty good too. Sometimes the salt is a little much though. Or just um, small fruits I'll take within the car. Uh, Mandarin oranges, bananas, small apples. Those make good uh, snacks. We also like to keep water or cans of seltzer in the car. And if it's in the afternoon and we know we'll be tempted to get a coffee, we will actually take an Advocare Spark packet with us to put in a bottle of water. Yeah, just something to help sort of take away the urge to go and get coffee. So these are some of the items that we do in order to keep our goals in check and to maintain a focus on our goals. So during the 24-day challenge, Brooke and I set ourselves three goals. An end-of-challenge goal, something that we were hoping to achieve by the end of the 24-day challenge. A realistic goal. After the challenge, what was our realistic expectations? What were we looking to achieve beyond that? And then a future goal that was sort of crazy, one that when we thought about it sort of scared us a little bit. And not scared us in a negative way, but just something that you know, the thought of losing 70 pounds just seemed to be something a little bit ridiculous. So when we set these goals, we wrote them out. And throughout the challenge, we would look at our goals and try to visualize them being complete. And I know by the end of the challenge, we had achieved a small goal, and we actually surpassed our initial end of challenge goals. You know, I had always been through the cycle of losing 10, 15 pounds if I really wanted to. So my end of challenge goal was around 20 pounds, and I hit that mark, which I thought was amazing. Then after that, we had like a realistic goal. I thought, well, once the challenge is over, maybe another 10 pounds wouldn't be too bad, and I ended up losing that additional 10 pounds. And then that crazy, unrealistic goal that we thought of in the very beginning wasn't so unrealistic after all. And my ultimate goal was to weigh about 180 pounds, which I'm very close to achieving now. So it just goes to show you the importance of setting goals. It gives you something to strive for. One of the things that I found that benefits me greatly is I set racing goals. I've done 5Ks, I've done 15Ks, I've done half marathons. And I guess I'm sort of looking for that, that end goal of, you know, what's next. 
So the initial race that we had signed up for was a 15K, and one of my goals was just to finish that race. So building up to it, I was constantly working on my running form, training really hard for the race. The day of the race came, my nerves were through the roof, but I was so excited to do it. And by the end of the race, I'd got my medal, we were taking pictures, I was super excited, and all I kept thinking was, what's next? What's my next goal? that's the importance of setting goals. It gives you something to look forward to, something to work for. And when you achieve it, you realize that your goals, whether they be small, big, or super crazy, aren't as unobtainable as you think. Do yourself a favor, write down your goals, try to visualize completing the goals, and then take action. Take the steps necessary to sort of tackle those head on. Well, I realize that not everybody has running goals like me. Brooke, maybe you could help share some of your goals with us and what you did. Well, I haven't done any 15Ks or half marathons, but I have done my fair share of 5Ks with Ken. And I do it because I know it makes him happy, but running really isn't my thing. I'm just a hot, disgusting, sweaty mess when we're running who can't breathe But, I mean, all the power to him, it makes him feel good, and I'm glad he's found that. For me, my goals, I guess, tend to be a little bit more on the vain side because I am a woman. I went a very long time not being able to be the person who I really felt I was. I couldn't fit in clothing that made me feel like me. I wore clothing just because it fit. So goals for me were to be a woman who was comfortable in her own skin. I wanted to be able to wear the clothing that was me, that made me feel good, that I knew looked good and was my style. I wasn't just going to wear something because it was the only thing I could fit in. So I knew that I had reached my goal when I went uh, shopping the one day after work and I just so happened to try on a jumper. A jumper was something that I had always wanted to wear but never really could. I'm not the tallest person and I have very short muscular legs. So it was just something that I could never wear and I think I was probably down about 60 pounds by this point or maybe 55 and I slipped into the jumper and pulled it up and I just couldn't believe that it actually fit. It gave me a lot of confidence when it it worked out which led to something that Ken probably hadn't seen in the almost 11 years we were married. Um, Shorts. Shorts are something that I never wore in all the years that we've been together. I was never confident enough to wear shorts. I never liked the way my legs looked. Tank tops. Barely ever wore tank tops. It would be 100 degrees and Brooke (laughs) would be content wearing a long sleeve shirt and pants. Jeans. Yeah. I wore jeans. It could be 110 degrees and I would have been wearing jeans. So my goals really just led me to being comfortable in my own skin. This summer was by far the best summer. I bought jumpers and shorts and tank tops and dresses. I wore a lot of sundresses this summer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this lifestyle has given me the confidence to um, be me. And it's, it's been great. Was that the white and red one jumper? From this summer, or is this an additional jumper? It's an additional jumper. Oh, 
Well, maybe for our Instagram audience, I will post a picture of us this summer. Both of us were actually pretty pretty comfortable in our skin. And one thing, um, whenever we would go swimming, I would always wear a t-shirt. One, I don't like putting on a ton of sunscreen, so I found that rash guards are a great way of uh, help protecting your skin from the harmful UV rays. And also, where we go swimming, a lot of the, the pools aren't really covered, so you're baking in the sunlight. But anyway, a lot of times I would always wear a cover. And this summer was actually the first summer that I didn't wear a rash guard. So like Brooke said, setting a goal to be confident in your own skin is also a huge motivator for you to stay on track. One of the things as we're approaching the new year, everyone is making New Year's resolutions. The gym is probably going to be packed again. Um, but one of the things to help, you know, keep you in focus is maybe buy an outfit or maybe buy that piece of clothing that may not fit, but you're determined to fit in. It gives you sort of an end goal. And again, that's why I like signing up for races. That's why I like pushing myself physically when it comes to races, because the race date is a hard and fast date. If I'm not ready by the day of the race then I'm just not going to be able to perform as best that I can. So I do what I can to make sure that I'm prepared for the day of the race. Well, I feel like we could probably go on and on about goal setting, but I guess the important thing is just writing down your goals and visualizing them. I think this is a great time for us to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's What's Cooking with Brooke. And Ken's pick. Welcome back. Uh, as we mentioned, this past couple, well, the past couple weeks since Thanksgiving, things have been a little bit crazy, but I thought we would touch in with Brooke and see what's cooking. What's cooking, Brooke? Yeah. We had a few notable meals this past week that were really good. I'm going to start with our meatless meal that we had, our quinoa breakfast bowls. These were really good. I mean, I didn't really make anything else with it. The, the whole bowl itself was just so filling. You start it with a base of quinoa, cooked quinoa, and you mix that with peanut butter and almond milk until you got it to the consistency that you would like it. Then you mixed in chia seeds and you put on your toppings. We did um, speckle pears, apple, craisins, Slivered almonds. Slivered almonds. Um, you could pump pumpkin seeds. We didn't have pumpkin seeds, which is why we used the almonds. Um, huh. And you drizzled it with either honey or maple syrup. The bowl was so filling, I just didn't feel like you had to make anything else with it. But it was amazing. It was delicious. Yeah, the, again, meatless, meatless Monday. <laughs> the meatless meals, again, I'm always surprised at how filling they are. And I often say this to Brooke, and I know she kind of chuckles, but I seriously, if if we had to go 100% plant-based, I mean, meals like this just kind of set things in motion for me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about, I think, my favorite meal of last week. It was, it was just delicious. I made an Italian chili. Hmm. Uh, so everybody wants to know what makes it Italian. So you take the ground beef out of a regular chili and you replace it with a hot, spicy Italian turkey sausage base. Uh, once that's all cooked and crumbled up, I added uh, tomatoes, 
and white beans instead of the kidney beans. And it had a ton of Italian seasonings in it. It was it was also very delicious. A little a little kick to it, not too spicy. I always enjoy them as my leftovers for lunch. As much as I enjoy it for dinner, it's always awesome the next day. Something about it sitting overnight, letting all that flavor just kind of seep in makes it that much better. I thought it would only be fitting to end November with an autumn chicken dinner. So this was just a pan roasted all-in-one dinner almost. Uh, I took some cubed chicken breast and I mixed it with a very autumny mix of vegetables. We did sweet potatoes, Romanesco broccoli, shallots, shallots, and um, apples. Oh, and Brussels sprouts too. You did diced up chicken breast. Diced chicken breast, and we topped that with some Mrs. Dash pepper and poultry seasoning to give it that really good, you know, chicken flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the recipe that uh, we posted up on the blog actually calls for I think chicken thighs or. It's like, it's like bone-in chicken. Yeah, we, we tend to stay away from the darker meat. Yeah, we kind of improvise. So a lot of the recipes that we do share will list all the ingredients and either a link to the directions or our own directions if it's something we've come up with on our own. And for that recipe, we ended up substituting a lot of things out. But, you know, that's the whole point is our meals that we post, they're supposed to serve as inspiration for you to kind of venture out and create your own thing, take your own spin to a a recipe that we find. So the last meal that I did make that I'd like to talk about was a chicken barley soup. And I mean, you're thinking, how can you really make such a big deal out of soup? But this soup caters to someone who doesn't have a whole lot of time to make their own bone-in broth. You are going to need a chicken or a vegetable stock to make this, but the great thing was it it called for a rotisserie chicken. So I just went to the store, grabbed a rotisserie chicken, pulled the meat off the bone, and that was that. Added it to the pot with some really big chunks of carrot, tomatoes, and um, celery, and boiled it with the barley on the stove for an hour and that was pretty much it threw everything in the pot at once it came out it was a really great thick delicious barley soup yes it was pretty good so what is on tap for next week next week our meatless monday meal is going to be a buffalo chickpea pizza which is a vegan meal it has a white sauce so um I think Tuesday has kind of become my designated soup day. So I'm going to be making a taco soup with grass-fed beef. Mm. Wednesday, I'm going to go for another vegan meal. I'm not sure. There's no reason for that. It just sounds really good. I'm going to make a vegan tamale pie. Uh, I think we're going to do a breakfast night next Thursday and have a spinach and pepper egg bake. And then over the weekend, we will be doing a crock pot sesame chicken. I like the, you know, I mentioned earlier that when we do some of these meatless meals that are plant-based, how it's almost, I find it to be more satisfying when we have our plant-based meals, when we're done, not that, not that our regular meals make me feel this way, but when we're done with the plant-based meals, I feel like, I feel like I, I feel really good. We went out 
last week, and we had, I guess it was Indian food. It's a Indian and Nepalese restaurant. And, you know, keeping with uh, trying to just maintain a healthier lifestyle and eating more plant-based foods, uh, we both got vegetarian. Actually, the whole meal was vegetarian, from the appetizers all the way until the main course. And one of the really... You know, th- one of the one of the really amazing things was it was all these really super delicious foods, and it was just it was so good. And typical, you know, me fashion, I kind of ruined it because afterwards we went out, and I insisted that we get coffee and dessert. And you know, I probably should have curbed my appetite or at least just took it easy because uh, I think I overindulged and ended up making myself kind of sick, and I had nothing to do with you know, the main course that we ate. It was all with the coffee and pastry that I had later on. So it's one of those things, you know, when you try to, when you're trying to eat healthier, you know, try to eat in moderation or or keep that balance. You know, after dinner, I felt really good. I didn't feel weighed down. I didn't feel bloated or anything. And I probably should have just ended the night there. But, you know, I learned the hard way. It's the holidays. I'm overindulging. I'll never learn. But, um, so yeah, I look forward to next week's meals. Well, thank you. Yes. I look forward to cooking them. <laughs> so let's move on to our last segment. My favorite, Ken's pick. I highly doubt this is your favorite. <laughs> so lately, you know, with the holidays coming and going and things have been really hectic, I haven't had a lot of time to actually physically read a book. So I've been relying heavily on my audio books. And for those of you that have an Audible subscription, um, you know, I, I have a pretty, pretty decent-sized library. And one of the things before the holidays, I remembered that I got a bunch of uh, book credits, and I, I basically downloaded a bunch of books and forgot all about them. So one of the books that really sort of hit home with me was a book called Finding Ultra by Rich Roll. And, uh, you know, an observation all these ultra marathoners, I read Running Man, and it, please forgive me, I forget who wrote that, but Running Man, uh, Finding Ultra, and there's another one, Eat and Run by Scott Jurek. Running Man and Finding Ultra, I'm convinced you have to be like a drug addict or someone who suffers from an addiction in order to be like an ultra marathoner. Uh, you know, Scott Jurek, please forgive me if I'm insulting you right now if you're not a recovering addict, but I have to go back and re-listen to Eat and Run by Scott Jurek to find out if he was recovering from something as well. But it just seems like, you know, these guys who have these addictive personalities are the types that, you know, compete in these ultra marathons. They overcome adversity, they run these ultra marathons, and, you know, but anyway, that's just my general observation. So from the very get-go, Rich Roll talks about being a plant-based athlete and how he sort of dreads the term vegan. And I think a lot of people, whenever you hear the word vegan or somebody says that they're vegan, people roll their eyes. You know, there's Facebook memes. There's all kinds of jokes out there. And all joking aside, you know, Rich Roll is just saying that he's vegan because of the health implications, that he's a plant-based athlete because he runs most efficient when he consumes plants. And he's noticed a significant change in his diet and his overall health. And that's sort of how I feel. I understand the ethical reasons that people become vegan. And I realize there are some political implications for being vegan. But my whole thing is, 
I just, I look forward to some of the plant-based meals. I like the whole plant-based diet just because of the health. And he does quote the China study, and there's all kinds of information out there that you can research to find out about the positive aspects about going vegan. But, you know, he just kind of explains why he doesn't like using the term vegan and why he focuses on being plant-based. And one of the other things um, about the book that... You know, I just found it extremely captivating. And one of the things at the very end, he talks about establishing a healthy gut. And, you know, I wrote in our blog earlier on about during the challenge how I would often think about all the things at market that we were skipping out on because we were in this, you know, challenge. Not having the sugary coffees, the pastries, the bakery sweets. And then after the challenge, I was going to reward myself by indulging in some of these things. And when I did, I noticed that I just really wasn't that satisfied. And, you know, Rich Roll talks about, you know, our gut flora. And I, I mentioned this before, you know, everything starts at the gut. And I have all kinds of more recommended reads about that go in a little bit further detail. But he talks about Morgan Spurlock's Supersize Me and how at first Morgan struggled to eat this, you know, eat the fast food because it would literally make him gag and almost throw up. And then after a while, he sort of became adapted to it, and he actually could eat it without any problems at all whatsoever. And that's because he essentially took those good, essential uh, bacteria in his gut and replaced it with bacteria that sort of craved, you know, that fast food, that junk food. So I think it's important for us to sort of establish a healthy gut and, you know, by doing a detox or a cleanse or whatever it may be, it helps replace that nasty gut flora with a healthy gut flora that we actually look forward to eating some of these plant-based foods and some of the benefits that we reap. So he just goes into detail about, um, you know, some of the things like that. And he also talks about how, you know, when you do establish a good gut flora, how, you know, these older treats just aren't as satisfying. And like I mentioned, you know, during the, the whole challenge phase, how I, I was, you know, holding out, I was going to treat myself. And I've noticed that tremendously over the past, um, ever since Thanksgiving break, that, you know, those really sugary foods that I really just can't wait to eat. And then when I do, I, I don't really feel that satisfied. In fact, I don't feel that good. And probably for the first time in ages, I actually had a migraine recently just because of the amount of sodium that we've been taking in. And, you know, I, I can't honestly tell you the last time I had a migraine. Like, I literally woke up with a migraine. So anyway, Rich Roll does a really great job of painting a really vivid picture about overcoming adversity and how being a plant-based athlete has really helped him achieve his goals. And keeping with goals in mind, if you guys have any ways and tips and tricks for you to maintain and stay on track, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash beyond24days, or at Instagram, at instagram.com slash beyond24days. Connect with us, share with us some of your tips and tricks. We'd love to hear from you guys. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Thank you. See you later. Bye.